Welcome to Vice Casting Couch Podcast, Season 1, Episode 23. I'm Ryan. Joining me today is John from Toledo. And today we're going to be talking about vaccine hacks, Facebook getting taken to court, and cyberpunk epilepsy. How you doing today, John? Pretty good, man. Yeah? I feel like we say the same thing every intro. <laughs> hey, I'm just trying to see how you're doing. How's Toledo? How's the weather? I'm a little, a little cold outside. Yeah? Got that lake effect going on, you know? Oh, okay. <laughs> well, why don't, you, uh, why don't you start us off here? Uh, we can start talking about, so certain hackers have been targeting companies that are involved in the COVID-19 vaccine distribution. Um, there's been a global spear phishing campaign that has been targeting these organizations that are associated with distributing the COVID vaccine. And this has been happening ever since September 2020. Uh, we learned about this because of uh, IBM security X-Force researchers. They say these attacks are taking an aim at the vaccine's cold chain because the, uh, the Pfizer and Moderna vaccine requires like sub-zero temperatures. I want to say it's like negative 50 degrees or something like that. They say looking at it, it looks like it's the operation of a nation state actor. This has prompted, you know, the U.S. Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency to uh, issue an alert. Um, urging Operation Warp Speed, the one that's been like trying to push the virus really fast and everything. They should beef up their defenses and, and review any indicators of compromise. Mm-hmm. We've seen these phishing email, emails dating from September, targeting organizations all over the world, including places like in Germany, South Korea, Italy, uh, the Czech Republic, um, even Taiwan. Pretty interesting that there's so much like, I don't know what the right word is, but everyone's trying to get at this COVID-19 information. Like oh, we don't yeah. know who, who it is, but um, this is interesting because uh, there were some cyber assaults from two Chinese nationals that they've been prosecuted for stealing sensitive data, which included information from uh, companies developing the COVID-19 vaccine and yeah. certain testing technologies and treatments. Yeah. I mean, we've, we've seen this before, so it's not, it's not too much of a surprise. Um, especially China, Russia, trying to <laughs> trying to get more info on like what other countries are working on, like how far they've gotten, that sort of stuff. Um, and we know that they're basically just trying to gather whatever info that they can. So it's it's kind of sad, but it's not really surprising, I guess. <laughs> it's interesting these these phishing campaigns. You know, like half the time it's like, hey, log into your Facebook. You know, but uh, yeah. these yeah. ones they used a a legitimate China based cold chain provider. Um, in an attempt to try and convince the recipients to actually open the emails. Um, it, it, it says we haven't been able to identify who the actors are, but it says ultimate objective is to harvest usernames and passwords and to steal intellectual property. Yeah. So, yeah. so more, more of the same. Yeah. Cause we've, we've seen like, you know, um, the big three, like Russia, North Korea and, and China hacking different pharmaceutical companies. Oh, yeah. um, Microsoft posted this back in November. We've seen it with Canada, France, India, South Korea, and the U.S. It even last week, it emerged that North Korea had targeted a British drug maker, AstraZeneca, mm-hmm. uh, by posing as recruiters on LinkedIn <laughs> and WhatsApp. <laughs> nice. <laughs> so they're approaching these employees with fake job offers, hoping they'll click on it and then, you know, infect their device and install malware. <laughs> I mean, I guess it's a little more clever than like, you know, Nigerian prince or something. Oh yeah, no, yeah, for sure. Like these phishing campaigns have definitely evolved, especially when they're deployed by like nation states and whatnot. Yeah, yeah. Next. Well, uh, why don't you tell us about Facebook then? Yeah, I'll roll right into my next story about uh, Facebook. So Facebook's actually being sued. 
by 48 states and the uh, U.S. Federal Trade Commissions for illegal monopolization. So on Wednesday, 48 state attorney journeys and the FTC, they filed up a, a sweeping pair of antitrust suits against Facebook, alleging that it, the company abused its power in the marketplace to uh, neutralize competitors. They've also you know, referenced the acquisition of Instagram and WhatsApp and how they're pretty much trying to take over the whole social media market. Mm -hmm. There's another, there's a separate lawsuit by New York attorney general, Lita James, who also mm -hmm. claimed that in illegally acquiring competitors in a preparatory manner, the social media company has uh, stripped users of the benefits of competition. And in this article, it mainly talks about how, like, because they've pretty much taken up all these companies, users are kind of forced to use them because they're the biggest name in town. And then, if there was competition, there potentially could be access to uh, different social social media platforms that have better privacy practices than what Facebook employs now. Yeah. In, in the lawsuits, they seek to rescind the acquisition of Instagram and WhatsApp, which is interesting because Facebook says this is revisionist history because they they pointed out that um, these deals were okayed um, a couple years ago yes. when they yep. when they bought them. So they're like, this is, you know, it's kind of bizarre. Like, how, how come this is happening? Um, so Facebook's obviously fighting back. They also accused Facebook in this lawsuit of uh, imposing anti-competitive conditions on their third-party software developers. So uh, Facebook has a bunch of Facebook APIs that these uh, developers can use. And it, it forces them to refrain from developing certain com competing uh, functionalities. They mentioned a specific example was a uh, vine the video app that twitter had mm -hmm. and then so facebook's friend finding api cut off the same day that the service was launched on ios and so they're they're saying that it hurt was hurting vine and couldn't drive as many users and stuff like that to them yeah so they're basically trying to starve them out and on one hand it is surprising because normally uh the u.s government kind of leaves these companies alone <laughs> because they're they're huge and obviously they provide a lot of services for the government as a whole and stuff like that. But I am glad that they are kind of taking a more staunch uh, stance to this because uh, it is true. I mean, there's been so many companies that have tried to compete with what like Facebook and, and Google ultimately Alphabet has to offer and they basically just get squashed. And there, there are a bunch of alternatives, uh, as we discussed before, to Facebook and YouTube and stuff like that, like Libri, Odyssey. Um, like Rumble, there's 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 a bunch out there that kind of get a bad rap, but you don't really hear about them a whole lot, mainly because or even like stuff like Dysphora and Frenica, or yeah, Macedon, yeah. or um, Gab. Gab's more extreme. We might not, we shouldn't mention them, but <laughs> <laughs> okay. <laughs> but it's interesting to mention Google because we we saw, we saw another lawsuit against Google in October mm -hmm. for alleged illegal monopolization for their search in online ad market um, that was that was being filed. And so I think we're going to see more of the U.S. government checking the power of these Silicon Valley giants. And yeah. I, I think it's welcome. I I personally, you know, wish that either via more regulation or honestly, the users speaking with their voice. Like the the biggest problem is with stuff like YouTube and Facebook. While there's alternatives, no one's on there. Why why yeah. would I use it? Like yeah. Libri's growing, and you know, I have been looking at it more and been using it a little bit more. Just just the fact that. All my favorite content creators are on YouTube. It, it really puts you in a rock and a hard place. You're like, I hate what YouTube's yeah. doing. They're shadow banning. They're unlisting stuff just because, you know, they talk about various topics. Like for a while, cryptocurrency channels were getting banned. So a lot of people yeah. moved to Libri for cryptocurrency. Yep. Now we're seeing it with political discussion 
and uh, all kinds of different areas have been being targeted by this. I think that's kind of a, I think it's kind of the main roadblock is a lot of people just don't know that they exist. Um, either that or the, the sites themselves get a bad rap. And so no one wants to try them out. Um, like Rumble, ev- everything I saw about Rumble was that it was a, like basically like an, a place for extremists, like conspiracy theorists and people, you know, yelling at the camera, blah, blah, blah. That's all I ever heard about it. Um, like if whenever I looked it up or did research on it, it was always, oh, don't go on it. It's, you know, it's a it's a big crappy website, blah, blah, blah. But if you actually check it out, it's not really that way. The same with Libri. It was kind of painted as like a, a conspiracy theorist heaven and like, oh, it's just like cryptocurrency news and blah, blah. And that is a big part of it. But there's so much more there that people just don't bother to look at. And then the other half of the coin, as I mentioned, is a lot of people just don't know that it exists. I, I was there a couple of years ago. I was so fed up with using like gmail and youtube and stuff like that they just kept on i mean basically just crushing their their users not really caring what they were doing because their users don't bring them in money their ads bring them in money and people are always willing to take the place of whoever leaves so they didn't really care uh but i didn't really know of any alternatives so i was like all right well i guess this is what we're stuck with because they just keep on squashing all these new startups to try to compete with them until i started looking into it and there are actually a ton of alternatives to these the big name brands that people just may not know about well i i foresee that we're going to continue moving to this more decentralized net internet that we see like like uh, Frenica and Dysphora, i think are very interesting i think even mastodon they're federated servers that means like I can start a server, have it join the Mastodon network, and it contributes, and people can get on my server, and if someone posts something on my server, it spreads to the rest of them, kind of like mm-hmm. email. Yeah. Email is a federated service. That's the best example of it. And, you know, we see that with Libri, another peer-to-peer. This one's actually a little bit – has some blockchain base to it as well, but mm-hmm. I, I think it will really change the way users – interact and really bring back the control to the users when instead of these big companies telling you this isn't what's going to happen yeah because i mean a lot of the a lot of the rules that youtube has implemented and i'm specifically picking on youtube here uh, just because a lot of people go there for monetization and to make a living and a lot of the rules that youtube implemented hurt a lot of their users but youtube didn't really care because they were getting pressured by uh either either uh, ad providers or you know the the reason that they get money for their site so they just kind of caved and were like well this is just kind of the new norm you guys are just gonna have to deal with it and no one could get any answers no one can ever get any answers from youtube on why they do stuff um it's just always hey we've changed our you know the way that we run our platform it doesn't really matter if you don't like it this is the way it is now and i mean it in a place especially like america you should be able to have an alternative that you can go to um, if you don't like the rules of one site, you can go to another. Like that's across the board. That's usually the case in most scenarios, except when it comes to a lot of social media platforms, stuff like that. Until recently, like the past, you know, five or so years when a lot of uh, competition has started to come up. But people just don't know that it exists. That and and, and the, they are right. I, I think what's very, you know, interesting is Facebook's so big. They something comes out that's cool, like Instagram or WhatsApp, like yeah. WhatsApp wasn't that bad I, I feel like it started going downhill when facebook bought it I, I could be mistaken but it was a secure like messaging app and now we've seen a lot of problems with it just because facebook's buying up everyone i think the two big companies are facebook and twitter and mm-hmm. then facebook umbrella includes you know instagram whatsapp 
etc yep, yep. you might have tumblr over here a few other sites but to be honest those are the big two it, it really doesn't yeah. it's more of a duopoly you have, are you going to use twitter you're going to use facebook's ecosystem like yeah yeah it's just one or the other you pick up. and with that it, it it leaves a user in a rock and a hard place because i don't think either company has very great privacy policies no. um and then no. they're always tracking you that, that's how they make their money which i respect the hustle but <laughs> I, I feel like you can do an approach like DuckDuckGo have non-invasive like tracking, but still provide ads and still make revenue, you know? Yeah. Yeah. And I'm, I'm all for viable alternatives. I, I don't think that they should just be shut down because they're too big or, or whatever. You don't like them. Like Facebook can still exist. These companies can still exist, but there has to be a viable alternative. And if there is one, then go to that if you don't like it. But the, the problem that, that I see or whatever is that there's not really a viable alternative that a lot of people know about. Um, either they get a bad rap or they just are never, you know, popularized. And I agree with like WhatsApp, like there has been good companies that came up, didn't get a bad rap. Everyone knew about them, loved them and started using them, but then they just get bought up. Um, so that's, that's kind of another issue as well. Well, and I, I encourage anyone if, if you're actually listening, like, and if you are fed up, do the research like there are tons of alternatives out there like there's mastodon like i said there's a there's friendica there's Sephora, there's pixel fed which is a open source instagram alternative like yeah like signal instead of whatsapp like do your research speak with your voice because to be honest that that is ultimately what will cause these companies to wake up and change their policies yeah they the only way that these companies will ever change what they do is if they start losing money, like they're they are a company. Their goal, no matter what they you know say or whatever, we're here for the users or whatever crap. Their bottom line is to make money, and if they can't make money, they have to change their approach. And so far, that hasn't been the case because they make I mean they make money hand over fist right now. And the only way that they would change their policies or <laughs> start to open up and have some uh, actual transparency on their their dealings behind the scenes is if they start losing users and i.e. losing money. Uh, that's kind of the only way that you can you can stop them from doing what they're doing. Yeah, I agree. But on another note, video game related, uh, apparently, Cyberpunk which is uh, a new game that's out. Full name is Cyberpunk uh, you know, 2077, popularized by Keanu Reeves and all that. It's a massive kind of online game, kind of along the lines of like GTA, uh, in my opinion. Apparently, there's a scene, <laughs> there's a scene in Cyberpunk uh, that has a bunch of flashing lights. And specifically, I believe they're white and red flashing lights. Whether intentional or not, is used in the medical field to induce epileptic seizures. <laughs> So <laughs> apparently there's a scene in there that is an exact replica of a neurological trap or as it's being described. So uh, specifically the red and white flashing is used in medical fields. Correct. Yes. Uh, uh, this was put up by uh, Game Informer and they said a common trigger for epileptics, epileptics in media are rapid blinking lights, specifically of red and white variety. Uh, so that was in the game. And apparently there is like a seizure warning, at, as most games are nowadays, just in case, you know, to avoid being sued and stuff like that. Uh, apparently Cyberpunk said that they, the creator said that did not intend for that to be in there, but it is. And they said they're going to try to maybe have a version where that's not in there or maybe have a bigger warning in front uh, or something like that just to try to protect people. But if you are epileptic or you know someone who is and they are... Uh, planning on playing this game maybe just advise them that there are certain parts that could 
that could trigger their uh, their symptoms. There's not going to be any smooth transition for this, but we could start talking about Apple's roadmap, which has been unveiled uh, oh, yeah. for, the, for their new their M1 chips. I know we've talked about this a few times, but I real I really think this is important to bring up because we could potentially see a revolution in um, how you know computing is done moving from x86 to ARM. Mm-hmm. Um, so a couple weeks ago, Apple released their MacBook Air, their Mac Mini, and their 13-inch MacBook Pro with these M1 chips. They, were, they had an eight-core processor and a, their GPU on there. We've seen some reports uh, from Bloomberg, which outlines the roadmap for moving the entire Mac lineup to the custom uh, silicon that Apple has designed. And... 2021 we're expected to see the 16 inch macbook pro start coming with the uh, 16 core version of the m1 chip and the imac computers as well the mac pro their really big workstation computer we won't see that until 2022 but that's expected to have 32 cores and i think this is really interesting because the benchmarks on the lower end ones show it competing relatively well and sometimes winning against um intel CPUs, you know, I think with Apple, the, with the company as much weight behind it, it could really uh, change the game and and either cause Intel to have to compete, which they haven't been doing. That's why AMD's been doing so well. <laughs> yeah. Or everyone will just move the arm, and then we'll have this seamless experience from mobile to desktop, you know, and potentially even servers to an extent. Yeah, that would definitely make uh, definitely make everything a lot easier, especially on the developer end. You wouldn't have to develop for multiple different types of uh, architectures. You could just develop for ARM with backward compatibility, and that would make everyone's life a lot easier. <laughs> exactly. And um, this report also reveals some other information. They, they plan on using this M1 chip to uh, power the new iPad Pro models. Uh, next year, there will be some faster M1 successors for the MacBook Pro and desktop computers with more GPU performance and, and more cores, kind of like I was saying earlier. Has anyone gotten their hands on uh, a new M1 chip to actually like benchmark it for themselves, or are we still taking Apple's word for it? Oh, yeah, no. Um, MK, MKBHD has gotten it. A ton of okay. tech YouTubers. like it. Uh, it's in the new MacBook Air and the Mac Mini. And I think the, like I said, the 13 inch MacBook Pro and they, with the MacBook Pro and the MacBook Air, they can have like side by side, like here's the Intel version, here's the uh, M1 chip version. Mm-hmm. And they, they tested it and they're like, it's, it's pretty good. Like a lot of people were, were speculating that it wasn't going to be good. You know, like this is a huge leap. Yeah. No one's going to support it. Actually, it seems to be going pretty well. Like I'm, I'm legitimately impressed their Rosetta software, which is a, um, the translator between x86 and arm yeah it seems to run pretty decently um okay. so like even if it isn't support like even if it the code the program wasn't written for the arm cpu yeah. you can yeah. run it there might be a mild performance hit but it doesn't seem to be that big okay yeah i mean as much uh as much crap as we've talked about apple i mean competition is always good so if they if they've come out with a new chip that you know rivals the the current market that's that's definitely good news well, I, you know, not to drag this out, but I think it's very interesting. Um, Apple, I think, was trying to get away from Intel and NVIDIA and AMD and stuff like that. And then NVIDIA bought ARM. So, <laughs> yeah, and ARM licenses out, you know, to these manufacturers so they can use the ARM uh, architecture and everything. So I don't know. It's I don't know if it was a, a 4D chess move or uh, <laughs> what was going on here at NVIDIA. They were like. And we'll show them, try to get rid of our chips or, or something. But uh, 
I think this will I think this could be have huge implications and I don't want to dwell on it too much. We've already done that in previous episodes. Yep. But. Well, yeah, that's definitely good news. Well, I think we'll uh, I think we'll wrap it up there. Do you have anything else to say, John? Yeah, check us out next week. We're on Spotify, we're on Linktree, you know, we, we're on everything. Check us out, Libri, YouTube. Don't forget to comment and subscribe. Yeah, th- that's actually something I want to bring up. We are um, we are on other sites besides just YouTube. I know on our Linktree I have a few uh, linked on there, but we're trying to kind of have it on every site so that if, if you don't want to use YouTube or you don't want to use like, you know, the big name brands or whatever, because you don't agree with them, you can check them out at another site. And if you if you see a site that we're not on that you frequent, let us know and we can add that to our list and uh and upload there as well because yeah i mean as much uh, crap as we talk about youtube and stuff like that we still upload to there because they're they're valid as a as a platform right now but yeah if there if there's someplace else that maybe we haven't discussed and you want to see us on um or that you really enjoy let us know and we'll uh, we'll check it out and if you thought this video was trash hit that dislike button i love the haters <laughs> hate on me all day <laughs> I mean, I mean, yeah. On, honestly, we we do this because we like doing it. So <laughs> I honestly get hate enough in Toledo. So like, keep hating. <laughs> I love that shit. Oh my goodness. All right. Well, uh, we'll we'll see you later. I'll I'll calm John down uh, off the air. <laughs> All right. Bye. <laughs>